Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whenever you are, I'm really glad you're here with me. My name is Nick Boyle, and welcome to the work. Today I had a wonderful opportunity to sit down with my brother Mike Brancatelli. He is host of the Mikeadelic podcast. He is a student of psilocybin, has been for many years, and today he brings through his own special flavor of medicine, talking about psilocybin, what it's like to approach it in a ceremonial setting, and how that setting or how that mindset can be brought into all the other ways that we live. We touched on so many wonderful and meaningful topics and lessons, and I'm excited for you to listen to this. This is a really good one. All of them are, but I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this one. So without further ado, I give you this conversation with Mike Brancatelli. Beautiful. All right. So thank you for being here with me. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, before I hit the record button, I asked you if there's something alive today and you said pandemic. What about the pandemic? There's a lot to it. There's so much. I know. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm going to be going home to visit my, my family who lives in New York. Uh, and you know, they're just, they're, we're just not on the same page as far as mm. our beliefs, I guess I'm comfortable saying beliefs. Sure. I, I think it's gotten to that, that point. Maybe we're far past that point right now where, where it's more of a belief uh, thing. Um, at least that's how I'm, I'm perceiving it. And um, yeah, it's tough. It's tough because uh, I have loved ones, people I care about, people I want to see and, uh, there, yeah, they, it was just like a couple text messages I, I received and, um, you know, I, I'm not vaccinated and, uh, nor do I plan on getting vaccinated with the, uh, COVID, um, jab. Uh, I'm not, uh, you know, the, like an anti-vaxxer. I have many vaccines. I have all the vaccines that we all have traveled to foreign countries and gotten vaccinated for all kinds of different things and yeah. you know, all the, all the standard stuff. Uh, <clears throat> but basically ever since this thing took off, I, I recorded a podcast in March of 2020 um, and entitled the real virus. And I talked about, it was a solo podcast and I talked about like, let's not let this fear and panic take away what it means to be alive and to be human. Mm. Um, and I just, 
sense that, you know, I've, I've, I should say that, that prior to starting my podcast, Mike Adelic, I was the co-host of a very popular libertarian political podcast called part of the problem with Dave Smith, who's a comedian in New York. And him and I were doing comedy together in, in New York city. And he was sort of in the, the senior class. I was like the freshman class, if you will. Right but uh, yeah, I wound up doing check spots at a club where him and these other comedians who were fairly more uh, ahead of me, I guess I would say, like more experienced and stuff. But we developed a friendship and, and I had sort of had my waking up moment in 2012 when a lot of things sort of converged for me. It was the, the one of my first big psychedelic experiences um, I had been reading a lot of stuff, uh, about psychedelics, about consciousness. And I'd also been getting into politics because I was very much against the, the Bush administration. And then I was very pro Obama in 08. And then I would kind of became disillusioned. And then I noticed this guy, Ron Paul, and I was like, what's this guy all about? You know? Oh, and then I started stumbling down the rabbit hole, if you will, on all these things, like I got my second education really around that time, discovering all kinds of thinkers. And, you know, uh, with psychedelics, it was like, oh, okay, this stuff is actually not, you know, what they were saying it was. Like there's actually Harvard professors who are doing studies and a scientist, a prestigious scientist invented this. The guy who discovered the, the double helix and the DNA, uh, Francis Crick said, he was on LSD. Steve Jobs said it was one of the mm. most profound things that he's ever experienced in his life. So that converging with all this other stuff and libertarian philosophy really captured me. And I thought, okay, this is something that I, that really resonates for me. So anyway, fast forward to, to the beginning of, of the pandemic, I immediately, I, I had sort of kind of gotten, not gotten away. I gotten away from like the daily minutia of political discourse that's what we did on, okay. on my old show, Part of the Problem. We kind of broke down twice a week, Mondays and Fridays. We would just kind of break down what the media was saying, what the government was saying, and just be like, here's the libertarian take on it. Like, this is, the, you know, these are the holes. And so when, when this thing happened, I was just like, immediately, I was just like, this, like, let's be careful. Like, let's not, you know, the, 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 reactions to this might possibly be worse than the actual thing itself. So let's not give into the fear was totally. my main, was my totally. main message, you know? Um, but yeah, it's just really alive for me right now because I feel like I'm not doing enough to put my voice out there, my thoughts out there. I feel like I I'm concerned, you know, my brother is actually an NYPD police officer and he was on the same page as me. You know, we, we see things a lot differently, but we definitely agree on, on a lot. You know, I was able to, you know, build bridges with him uh, on a lot of things. And he was kind of in the position that I was, but he recently told me that basically he was forced to, to get injected because he was going to lose his job and he's got a family of three children and, you know, wife. And, and the other thing is, you know, who's got time to read about all this stuff and know all the things and, I've been doing it for more than a decade. So uh, I guess I, I sacrifice a lot of my uh, maybe free time or other, other areas of my life to, to stay up to date or at least to, 
to stay informed and to stay sharp on, on what's, what's happening. And so, yeah, most recently it was just this, you know, thing of, Hey, Hey, you know, you're coming to New York, you know, we, we'd like you to get a PCR test or whatever. And over the summer I got tested for COVID antibodies. I'm positive. I have robust immunity. My doctor said, so yeah, you do. I got, I got the paperwork to prove it, you know, cause I, I got it in March of 2020 and I didn't know it at the time, but I was very sick, probably got it again. So, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I'm fine. You know, I don't know why I have to keep proving that I'm not one of the diseased ones, that I'm not one of the, the dirty, filthy people who are yeah. ruining, ruining life for everybody else. Well, and like even that rhetoric disease, I was talking to my mom the other day and she called it a disease and I stopped her dead in her tracks. I'm like, first off, it's not, it's a virus. Like, let's be straight. There's a difference and it's a virus. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, cause I'm not vaccinated. My wife isn't vaccinated and I have other vaccines. Like you said, like, I'm not like anti-vax, but for me, when I saw this one come out, I'm like, oh, that's a little too fast. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's a little quick. Mm -hmm. And then I started doing a little bit of digging that I'm sure you were doing. And when all this first started and I was like, oh, wait, why was there a vaccine patent before the virus? Hmm. Interesting. So, and plus I was like, well, what's the, what's the cost? What's the reward of getting this vaccine? Like, or risk rather, not the cost, the risk. Um, and I got COVID after uh, convergence. I got COVID at convergence. Um the next week was like intense body aches everywhere. Couldn't sleep. It was like a nervous system aching. Um, and then I was super, super sick, had no energy um, for about a week and a half and lost taste and smell within all of that as well. Um, but I'm fine. I'm out on the other side. I have the antibodies now. We should be good to go. And I think what a lot of people don't realize because it's just not being portrayed this way. And I, I have done a lot to keep myself out of everything that's going on. Cause I'm like, mm -hmm. most of this doesn't affect me in my life. Mm -hmm. So why bother myself with it when I'm here with my daughter and my wife, and I'm much better here than sending my thoughts and my energy elsewhere. Uh, but one thing that I, it's just still floors me is like, this vaccine doesn't create immunity. It, right. lessen, it lessens symptoms. And like, that's the part that I'm like, it baffles my mind how people are so hell bent on if I don't get it, then I'm the problem. And I'm like, but am I really? Because you can still get it. Like, you're just not going to have the intense symptoms. And like, that's all fine and well if you guys want that. But for me, I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll take the risk. You know, I I'm, I'm willing to bet on my body. It's fought off a lot of viruses over the years. Um, and I'm willing to bet that I can do it one more time with the proper nutrition and rest. So, yeah, yeah, man, I'm right there with you. So with this, how has, how has this brought you to an edge with like talking about it with family? Cause I don't want to like get down the rabbit hole on conspiracies and what people think and believe about this. But um, for me, this has been a huge growth edge for um, tolerance, to be honest, like tolerance and patience um, and finding my center amid, like in the middle of conversations where like me and one of my best friends saw complete opposite of this and it drove us apart. Um, 
we started fighting about it, like over social media, like on Instagram DMS and stuff. And I deleted all my social media when that happened. I'm like, this is, this is wrong. Like silly opinions and posts should not pit brother against brother. Um, and so that was a huge growth edge for me. So what have you found for you as, as you've been navigating these waters and especially as you've been probably having conversations with family leading up to seeing them around the holidays? Yeah. Similar thing actually happened to me on Twitter, maybe six months ago, me and a semi-famous comedian got into an exchange together. A friend of mine had him on the show a couple of times. And, uh, I realized after that, I was like, damn, like Twitter turns me into a demon. Like I, yeah. I don't, I don't want to participate in this. You know, if you, if you fight against, then you enter the realm of war and you're always mm. at war and it's never enough. And, you know, I, I've come a long way from some, you know, some of my, the ways that I used to communicate and yeah, that's the same thing for me as I'm, I'm trying to stay in my center and hold my integrity and with poise, with calmness, with compassion, with curiosity, it's hard. Uh, but I, I, I know that's the way I know the way isn't to uh, fight against yell because you can't there's no winning there's no amount of like charts or graphs or logic because for everything that you have they have something else that count that counteracts it from some other source you know so totally it, it's it's a really wild time to be alive you know it's 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 similar to talking to somebody who's in a cult you know they just they they can't see that they're in what they're in and, you know, maybe, maybe I'm in one, I don't know, but I feel pretty confident that I'm not, <laughs> I mean, we, we all get how we can, yeah. Like you said, we could go down the rabbit hole too. Cause it's like how, how much of what I think is actually what I think. And, you know, but I try and do a good job of critical thinking and, and really, you know, silence and sitting with myself and meditating and contemplating and going in and medicine journeys um, help a lot. And so yeah, being patient, being calm, having compassion, and and just just showing up with love, you know, and and not not de- demonizing or vilifying those who who ch- are choosing differently than me. Um, that's that's been the the job, like that's been the edge, you know, that's been the task for me to 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 maintain my composure, maintain my calm, and just the same way that I've been doing with psychedelics. Uh, over the last like decade, I've just been kind of just sharing links, sharing things, no, you know, just like, Hey, take a look at this. This is interesting. Or, you know, just kind of steadily planting seeds without any expectation of any return, but just dropping what I feel is worthy of, of sharing with people. And, and then, and then staying in my integrity and speaking my truth. Like I had a friend come over a couple of weeks ago. And he was like, yeah, you just, you know, go to this concert, just have to show your vax card. You can get in. I was like, Oh, I can't go. And he's like, why you're not vaxxed. I was like, no, he's like, Oh, he's like, Oh dude. Yeah. You should, you should, you should get that man. You know? And I was just like, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm probably not though. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of like fizzled a little bit, but in those moments where, you know, Dave Chappelle has a great joke where he's like, you ever talk away that you don't talk, you know, someone's like, Hey, how you doing? You're like, fine. How are you? It's like, damn, I don't even talk like that. You know, it's just <laughs> kind of like, like mirror neuron kind of thing on a psychological level. We tend to like yeah. mirror how the other person's saying, Hey, how you doing today? Like, great. How are you? It's like, wait, I'm not great. Like what the hell? 
So just, just recognizing how I'm really feeling about something and then being able to say that in a calm way without getting argumentative about it or going into an emotional thing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that because, and for me, the way that it's processing for me is I, I've been learning how to stand in my power and in what I believe to be true and not be swayed by others. Like I used to be swayed by others and the way that they spoke and the way that they talked about things and be like, Oh, well, you know, I guess you do bring up a few good points, but like with this, I've done enough research on my own to know what's what, um, at least for me, the way that I see it, I'm like, yeah, I have enough information to know what I believe to be true for me. It may not be the truth because there's always some agenda in some article or some study. And uh, you got to look at, uh, who who's funding the study anyone who's going to do some research on some shit like look who's funding it that'll tell you what the agenda is um but that's what i had to do and it got to the point where i had uh my whole family's vaccinated um yeah, same family like brother and sister mom dad um and like my brother-in-law as you were saying um with your brother he had to get vaccinated in order to keep his job yeah and like, it was such a bummer when I heard that because he very much has the same stance that we do. But at the same time, he's like, like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Yeah. Like, got a daughter, um, just a little bit older than mine. Um, and yeah, it's just been a really big growth edge to learn how to stand in my power. And like when someone says something or like, for example, your friend that talked about the Vax card, um, just to be like, I'm not going to do that, though. Like that's yeah. good. For, that's good for you. Like, I'm happy that you feel really good about that decision, but for me, I'm going to choose not to. And I think, it's, yeah. I think it's time that we get back to a space where we can have different opinions and mm-hmm. still be friends and yes. still get along. Like I, that, that's something that has been just so glaringly obvious, um, especially when I was still on social media and still having like these little like thumb battles with people, like getting into text arguments or whatever about it. Um, it's like, you know what, we can think differently. That's okay. And we can still be friends. Mm -hmm. And there's just a certain level of respect and like allowing someone to be their own sovereign being rather than thinking that, oh, you have to go with what everyone's saying because you have to go with what everyone's saying. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the core principles of the libertarian ideology that really attracted me to it was uh, it's it's the principle of uh, non-aggression which says uh you know i have the right to be to be a free and sovereign being and i have also have the right not to have my freedom infringed upon me uh you know by anybody else as long as i'm causing no harm if i'm causing no harm to anybody else then you know it my choice is my choice and uh, you know, basic, basic goodness, don't hurt people, don't force people to do things, don't take their stuff. So yeah, if uh, I think if more people embody the perspective of like, hey, if that's what you want to do, great, that's not what I want to do. And, and we can coexist in that way. That would be great. <laughs> yeah. So to bring it to fungi. Yeah, I'm sure there have been a number of uh, ceremonies that you've had since the pandemic has begun. Has there been any major like lessons or things that you've taken from any of those ceremonies where you're like, man, 
yeah, this is what the world needs right now, or this is what I needed right now to hear in order to have some form of healing happen within your life with relationships, um, what have you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of transcended th this. It's been more, uh, more about just, hey, everything is fine. You know, there's, there's, there's magic in the world and that magic and that light just never goes out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, keep focusing on, on bringing the magic, keep focusing on developing myself into my fullest potential to offer magic to others, to, 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 to be, you know, a, a guiding light, uh, truly in the true sense of the word. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just continuously shown me that everything is malleable. Everything is, everything transmutates and augments and changes and um that it's just it's bigger than any one individual but we could all if we all find our own strength and our own power and tap into our potential and unleash our god-given magic uh that we're going to be fine yeah that speaks to flow for me and like just allowing things to flow um, I used to be very rigid in how I wanted things to get done or be very like, it has to go this way, or I've made up my mind. So it must be this way. Have different mushroom trips allowed you to understand flow a little bit more? Cause I'm just curious to hear just your experiences with that. Cause I'm sure there's brothers out there that have never tried this before or not even brothers, but anybody who's listening, who've mm -hmm. never tried mushrooms before, um, or are, curious of what it's like to go into it in a ceremonial type setting rather than I'm just going to do it as like a party drug. You know mm -hmm, what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, can you speak on that a little bit? Yeah. The ceremonial aspect of it. Yeah. The ceremonial aspect and like what that's brought to you, um, and the experiences that you've been having. So it's, so I, I said magic a, a bunch of times and, uh, you know, what is that really? I think it's, you know, Bruce Lipton has a great book called The Biology of Belief, mm. um, where he kind of, you know, breaks down how we believe, what we believe, the environment in which we're in, the continuous feedback loop of us inventing things in our environment and those things inventing us in return, and how that affects us on a cellular level. Um, that magic is sort of this, I don't know, it's a weird thing. Like, what do you hear when, when you hear magic? When I say magic, what comes to mind? Oh, uh, for me, I, okay. So first thing is like wizardry. I've been, yeah. I've been obsessed with magic since I was a little kid. And as I've grown older, I've started to, I've started to have a better understanding of the real magic that's in the world. So I'm excited to hear you talk about this. But like the first thing I think of is like straight up wizardry or like spells or things like that. Um, but like the next thing that I go to uh, that the visual that I got is um, just like energy waving. Like I mm. just saw like just this very gentle wave of energy. Um, and that's kind of a little bit of a reflection of kind of where I, how I view magic and, and what it means to me now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Energy. Yeah. If you want it, Nikola Tesla said, if you want to understand the secrets of the universe, learn about energy, frequency, and vibration. And uh, Aleister Crowley famously said, I think magic is the intent, like the intention or focus of one's will. 
Um, mm. And so ceremonially with, with, with psilocybin, um, you know, it is the focused intention putting into working with these magical, magical beings, these magical, intelligent fungi beings um, in, a, in a sort of a symbiotic participatory way. What do I want out of this? You know, the set and setting is sort of the standard in psychedelic circles. If you want to have a good trip, have a good set and setting, control all the things in your environment so that you could allow yourself to surrender to the, to no control of what's going to, you know, to be taken away by the experience. And so basically it's programming our experience. We can program it in, in any kind of way. I mean, I could, I could do a ceremony with this glass of water right here and we can, we can drop into a, a serious and sincere space to honor the water to, you know, I could tell stories about it. We can do little rituals around it. And if we drink it in a very conscious and intentional way, maybe with some breathing or lying down, some guided meditation, something's going to happen. We're going to have, maybe mm -hmm. have, maybe, maybe it'll just be, we have more of appreciation for water or deeper reverence for it. Right. So psychedelics and theogens, sacred earth medicines are the same way it's what we bring to the experience so in a ceremonial setting i'm usually saying what am i what am i going to school for to learn right now oh i like I'm, that i'm approaching the, the the medicine as teachers because they are they're a great intelligence beyond what we can understand you know i think as as humans we have quite the hubris to try and like want to label and compartmentalize things as like well we can measure it we can you can, we can understand it quantifiably, like look at the results, look at the studies, look at the brain images and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's, yeah, I, I, I tend to lean more towards the animistic view or, you know, the view that everything is alive, that everything has intelligence. And that if we listen, mm. that we can, we can participate in that intelligence as well, you know, um, so uh, I would say the difference between doing it recreationally and doing it ceremonially is the intention that I bring to it. How do I, what am I looking to gain? Like, what am I looking to get out of this? What questions am I bringing to my teachers, the fungi? And, um, you know, what, what is the, what, what, am, what, how am I wanting to program myself? Yeah. So what does a typical set and setting look like for you then? Cause I think, cause like I've heard set and setting and I know what that looks like for me, but for those out there, um, what does that look like for you? Cozy, comfortable, furry, warm, you know, just blankets, pillows. Um, usually if I could be in nature, yes, hundred percent. Um, I would, you know, if it's cold and I, I can't really be in nature, then, uh, inside dark room um quiet yeah as uh one of my favorite thinkers terence mckenna said five dried grams in silent darkness is the way to go uh and so for me yeah i try and i try and just have it be me in the medicine and no other sort of 
nothing else really, you know, and, and, uh, having things by my side that I need. I don't typically have anyone sit for me when I do this. I, um, I started out doing it in 2014 in, in this way. Um, other people who are maybe less experienced, like I would hundred percent recommend having someone sit for you. So a trip sitter, a mm-hmm. guide, a facilitator, okay. somebody, somebody that's there. I mean, I usually, you know, tell people, Hey, I'm going in tonight. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll report back from the other side, but, uh, yeah, just, just making sure that people know what you're doing, right? Like you don't want anyone, like if you're doing it in your room one night and your wife comes home, you, you know, you don't want it to be a surprise. Yeah. So having, you know, telling people that you're doing it, uh, you know, setting your intention, like I, like I was talking about. And then, yeah, I mean, usually I do some kind of a ritual beforehand, say a prayer, uh, sit and do a meditation, do a little breath work. I'll probably light some sage, some Palo Santo, maybe, um, you know, some Copal, things like that. Just, you know, your senses are heightened. So it, totally. it, it always, it always feels good when there's good smells and good, uh, you know, some water, some juice, some fresh fruits, things like that. And just a safe environment, you know, just making sure that you're not in an environment where, you know, there's a, I don't know, a, a big glass mirror or something that you, if you trip, you could break it and cut yourself or whatever. Just, you want to be in a really safe, cozy, comfortable, uh, warm, fuzzy environment. I love that. Yeah. That's, that sounds a lot like the trip. So my my wife and I, um, I mentioned this when we talked the other day, we um, got mushrooms and we got psilocybin as a, as a wedding gift, um, from a friend of mine, which was dope. It was amazing. Um, and so for us, we've both, we, we had the trip together and it was only a gram and a half, which I think for the first time that felt really comfortable. It was enough to like create an experience without going way overboard. Um, and we didn't have a sitter. Um, and we had a very similar setting because we just closed, we, we the place that we lived at the time, our basement didn't have any windows except for our offices. And so like the main part, we could close all the doors and it'd be perfectly dark. We had blankets out, candles. Uh, I'm pretty sure Palo Santo and Sage were present. Those are staples in, in our household. Um, and then the one thing, cause you, you talked about silence. We actually went and had uh, just nature sounds cause we Great. wanted to be outside, but we live in, we lived in Wisconsin, live in Wisconsin. Um, and it was cold at the time. It, I think it was probably November or something. So we weren't really able to be outside, but we had these nature sounds and man, that was one of the coolest experiences for me to have is to listen to the nature sounds with my eyes closed. And it was like, I was teleported there mm. and to feel that closeness with nature without actually being out in nature was mm. wild. Yeah. It was, it was wild to just feel so just interconnected with all of it without actually being there. And really, I'm just laying on a couple of blanks blankets on the floor in my basement, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of uh, the musician East Forest, who is my most recent podcast guest. He has a, uh, um, an album he made called Music for Mushrooms. Uh, and it's, it's amazing. I think it's like seven hours and it's all improvised during a mushroom ceremony that he recorded himself. So it's fantastic. And I highly recommend it. I usually play that in 
larger group ceremonial settings. Uh, for myself, I, I sometimes will play music, but I notice that I just get so taken by the experience that I don't even hear the music anymore. I'm just in like another world. So, Oh, totally. There were yeah. so many moments where I had no idea music was playing. And then I would hear like a sharp bird sound or something and they would bring me back to the music. And I, oh, that's right. There's all of this happening at the same time too. I had no clue of it. Mm. I was definitely somewhere different. Yeah. So there's so many lessons that can be taught by these beautiful teachers. If you could tell us what one of the top one it, ones are, just one of them, um, that you've been able to really carry with you that uh, like you've thought back on maybe a couple of times as like, holy shit, yeah, this was a really profound um, realization or epiphany or lesson learned. Um, is there one that comes to mind? We're gods. And this is infinite. Keep going. We, you know, we as, as, as human beings have chosen to be in this game of duality because it's fun. Mm -hmm. Diversity and novelty is fun. You know, I'm looking at you right now. You have a wicked mustache. <laughs> it's sick, man. Like, I like Thank that. I don't, I don't think I could rock that. I've, I've, I think I've tried a couple of times, but, um, but it's fun. You're a different person and that's fun. You know, the different cultures, different foods, different music, different genres, the, the diversity and the newness, the novelty that the psychedelic experience provides to us is possible in this world. You know, we, mm -hmm. we live in a world of infinite possibilities and infinite creation. Uh, and, um, it's, it's only, it's only fear giving into fear that, that, that holds us back. And, um, you know, we are very clever. We invent a lot of things that are quite magical. What we're able to do right now, is pretty magical. I'm able to look, talk to you through these wires and yeah. look at you on this screen. I mean, it's indistinguishable from magic as Arthur C. Clarke has said, any advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. So it's um we we're playing a game of forgetting and remembering and uh it, it's it's eternal this is eternity we're in eternity right now yes and um it's kind of fun to forget it's kind of fun to forget and to to play the game of duality because playing the game of the infinite all gets boring after a while you're like man i want some company here so um, that's, I think that it's our jobs uh, as, as people who have these experiences and to, who understand things to be in this way, to gently remind each other, to gently remind each other that we're already home. Mm. And, you know, there's no place to be or no place to go or nothing to do other than just to be love. You know, we like, so many people are searching for love. I think you just, you just become it and then you got it, you know, and it's, it's a hard thing to do, especially in, in our culture, because we live in a culture of separation and, and forgetting, you know, they want you, the, the way that it's designed. I, I mentioned that we invent clever things. We're very clever as human beings. I think a lot of times we think we're more clever than God. We try and outsmart God. 
you know, for lack of a better term, you could call it source or one or the, the infinite, the, the most high, whatever, the, 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 the everything, the everything that is that can't be comprehended can only be felt. And you can only you can only feel it and then choose to have faith in that from I mean, it's not even a question of faith, I guess, if you have the, the felt sense of, of that experience, it's more a question of just deep knowing. Um, but yeah, I think we what we do is we, we invent a lot of things. And we kind of like trap ourselves in these inventions. We come up with clever things. We're like, oh man, this is so clever. Like the internet, computers, social media, and then it winds up being a whole shitstorm that we got to figure out a way out of. Yeah. And I, 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 and I think that's, you know, it's, it's messy. It's, it's a massive RPG game that we're in and, and uh, it's messy and it's real and it's, the stakes are real, but it's also fun. You know, there's one of my favorite books of all time is this book called the uh, finite and infinite games. And uh, I'm bringing it up because this is how I try You know, this is how I understand things to be is that we play in the realm of duality and finite games where there's a clear definitive start and end and there's a winner and loser. And it's like, it's fun. It's fun to do that. It's fun to play, like watch a football game and root for your team. You want your team to win, but you're not going to like, I mean, you're probably not going to kill over that. Right. You're, you, Cause you remember, you're like, Oh, it's Hope just a not. game. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a game. <laughs> the, 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 the infinite game is, is the, the point of the infinite game is to keep the game going. I, I equate it to being at a concert and there's a, a beach ball going around in the air you know, the, the point of that isn't to smash it down and like win. The point is just keep the ball going, just keep it up in the air. And I think that's what we're doing here. We're just continuously forgetting and remembering and trying yeah. not to, to wreck the whole thing too much and just keep that ball in the air so we could keep having fun and keep being alive and, and thriving. And there's a lot of horrible shit that happens, but there's a lot of beautiful shit that happens too. Yeah, and, that, and that's a beautiful analogy of the beach ball because I was able to picture that and be like recall a moment that I was there when there was a beach ball going up, and you're like, yeah, like the the name of the game is just to keep it in the air. You know, mm -hmm. it's like like the little game that uh, played with like nieces and nephews is keep a balloon up in the air. You know, yeah. like toss it up, very similar, and all they're trying to do is just keep it up. There's no winner, there's no loser because you win or you lose as a team. Um, right. But one of the things that you said that I think is really important that I want to circle back to, because I wholeheartedly agree with it, is that we are in this loop of forgetting and remembering. Because uh, like for me, I hold the belief that I chose everything that's going to happen in my life long before I came back to earth. But I forgot it all. Because yeah. what, f what fun is it if I knew it was coming next? Right. And yeah. You don't want the spoilers for your life. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. And, the, and so that for me then brings up the unknown and how there's um, a lot of men that are afraid of the unknown. They want to have a plan. They want to know what's going to happen next uh, because that feels safe. That feels like, okay, cool. I know what's happening. I can anticipate it. I can be prepared for it. But like in the end, you really don't. It's just a good guess most of the time. Because anything can happen at any moment. Um, and for me, it's been remembering that I chose all of this. That's helped me be very comfortable with the unknown. Mm -hmm. Still uncomfortable, like still have moments where I'm like, holy shit, how am I actually going to do this thing? Like before my daughter was born, literally up until that moment, I was just like, what 
the actual fuck am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. what is happening? And even like the first handful of weeks, uh, I mean, any parent can relate to this. I would, I would think unless you're just like a God you are, but unless you're just like a natural at being a parent, it's terrifying. Yeah. And I'm like, I have no idea what's happening next. I don't know what to do. I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. And it's only now looking back on it that I'm like, yeah, that was actually kind of a lot of fun. Like there were, there were nights where, um, at the beginning of, of Lila's life, she just did not sleep. Uh, and part of that is because babies, they, they, their, uh, days and nights are flipped when they're in the womb. And so her active hours were at night from like 9 PM till about 3 AM. So my wife and I, for the first like three weeks, we had a long, like six foot plastic foldable table that we loaded up with snacks down in our basement, turned on Netflix and we just camped out (laughs) and we got to this point so many times where we were so sleep deprived that we became delusional. Like there was a certain time of night where all of a sudden Megan, my wife would stop making sense there would be a sentence, there would be a moment where she'd say something and I would look at her and be like, that actually made no sense. I tried to figure out what you were saying. That was complete gibberish. (laughs) And then that was my moment to know like, all right, time to turn on dad mode. Like I got to get the fam to bed. Megan's gone. She's losing it. She is no longer any help. I now need to be the sole captain captain of this ship for the rest of the night. Um, but I had no idea that any of that was going to happen beforehand and how much fun would it have been if I did know, you know, and like, how may I have, and for others, like if we knew what was happening, worry about it or stress about it ahead of time. Cause she's like, Oh shit. I know that I got this thing. That's going to be coming up here in a handful of months. I better be prepared for it. Like, that's just no fun. Mm. It's just no fun. And so dancing with the unknown is so much better and, and so much more exciting, especially when the understanding that you were laying out for us of we are gods. We did choose all of this. This is all just one big game. Yeah. And I should clarify, I don't want to sound like some pretentious prick and be like, Hey, we're all gods. So just do whatever you want. But you know, one of my favorite books of all time is, um, by Ernest Becker, uh, called the denial of death. He says, we're gods with anuses, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So we're in this, we're in this like split crazy predicament where we have the capacity for unbelievable magic to ponder and contemplate the infinite yet we're housed in these like meat sacks of decaying, stinky, hairy bodies that will eventually just be food for worms. Like that's, that's sort of our predicament is like, we know about our own demise. I don't think any other creature knows about its own mortality. So, you know, I think that that's, that's sort of the confounding paradox of, of our nature, you know, and it's to remember like, yes, we are the, we are the infinite and also we are playing the finite. Yeah. So interesting question based on what you just said we that are like we're in these like decaying meat suits you know how our cells all regenerate every however many days Mm -hmm. why do we why do we age is Mm. age really just in our minds do we do we have this this time limit on life and so therefore our entire body and our cells are like oh well i guess i better map to this because 
you said 85, so I guess it's 85. You know, like that's something that I've thought about, especially as we're getting into just like consciousness and reality and how our own thoughts can shape our reality and, and, and like the energies, the intention that we set behind it. So like, I will casually say to people with a complete straight face, dead serious, I'm going to be 350. I will live to be 350 years old because there's accounts in the Bible uh, of like Moses being like fucking 600 years old, you know? So do you have any thoughts on that? Because that's just been a, a, a fun thought that I've had. And since we're down this road of consciousness, I'm like, man, if all of our cells regenerate, why do we even age? Why yeah. do we even age in the first place? Cool question. I, I mean, I've heard some people say that aging is the number one cause like what is the oh, death is the number one cause of death or something like that dying like, is the leading cause of death yeah or like something to that guy, effect. Aubrey, yeah. Aubrey de Grey is his name and he's like trying to, to to come up with a cure for for death uh they say that it's like yeah it's just like hey it's this one problem that's facing us that we just haven't really figured out I mean I don't really know. I haven't really thought about it too much. I, I guess if I go back to the game analogy, I just say, I don't know, any game that you just keep playing, eventually you just get tired of and want to play something else. Sure. So, you know, and, and, and baking in that, that unknown is also makes it fun and exciting too, because, well, I will say this, it, we, we sort of, we live in a culture detached from death in a way we, we have a, a perverse. Oh, completely. Yeah, I mean, there's like a hyper perverse narrative of of this, you know, like I was talking in the beginning with the pandemic thing, like, do we fear death so much that we forget to live? You know, like what what at what cost are we willing to like, are we all just going to hide in our beds? And and, you know, you could you could be the safest person, you know, wear a helmet next time you go to the grocery store or whatever, you know, it's like we could yeah. we could we could bubble and insulate ourselves but is that really what we're trying to do here i don't think so i think that we feel most alive the closer we are to death like the more we take risks the more that we push ourselves out of our comfort zones the most you know the times where we feel even like oh i want to speak i want to say something that's contrary to what the the general consensus is that could feel like a death because you're then ostracized from the community and hundred gatherer times that meant, you know, you're out of here, pal. You're, you're cast into the forest to, to probably die. Totally. So we're, yeah, we're totally, I mean, we just, I think we, we have so much going on in our lives right now that we're so, we don't have a, I don't think we have like a real understanding or reverence for what it means to be alive. And so we can't really appreciate the death process either it's a big, big fear too. You know, people are constantly talking about it in this really terrible way. Uh, Ramdas says <laughs> death is like taking off an old tight shoe. It's just, <laughs> you're just, you're just changing into something else. Yeah. I don't know if I necessarily believe him or not. I'm not really sure what I believe, but I, I do uh, just know that it is. And Hey, if somebody comes out with something that extends life or something like that, yeah, maybe I'll, give it a shot. I, I think that's, I think that's a worthy game to pursue, right? Like the diversity and novelty of things, but there, there's always unintended consequences. So we have to be careful with the power that we tap into. I think that's, totally. that's one of, one of humanity's biggest uh, lessons that we have to learn is like, yes, we can invent cool things. Cool. We can invent uh, 
planes that fly from a remote control with no pilot in it. Uh, that's pretty cool. What's not pretty cool is strapping bombs on those things and then just dropping them all over the place. Like, yeah. So it's like, we gotta, you we gotta kind of like learn how to, our consciousness needs to evolve to the level of our technology. And I don't think we're quite there yet. So yeah, I mean, I think that uh, that's a cool question. I, I'm definitely going to think about that more. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's the mystery. It's the great mystery. I think being comfortable, like you said before, I think I definitely feel more comfortable um, with the unknown, with chaos and with, with the mystery than trying to have to figure it out or solve it. Yeah. Cause that's kind of the thing that I think a lot of people and I got stuck in this for a while is trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten to the point where I've started to understand, and there's still days and moments where I have a hard time, uh, coming to terms with it, but there's nothing to figure out. Like uh, at the end of the day, there's nothing to figure out. And what you were saying about like enjoying life. Uh, I was talking with a buddy the other day uh, about crypto and he was telling me all these different things that he was doing with crypto. And I was just like, holy shit, man, that sounds insanely complicated. (laughs) I'm like, granted, I'm sure I could understand it, but like, man, what, what about simplicity? Like, where's the simplicity? And that's been something that's been really speaking to me lately. Um, maybe it was about five months ago, I started being a full, full-time stay-at-home dad. Um, and so I began letting go of the idea of money-making to mm. better be dad and mm. to just be present. Because I'm a Gemini. I'm very heady, very thinking. I love it. It's, it's the shit. Uh, but I will go down a rabbit hole and that'll be the only thing I think about for the entire day. Mm-hmm. And so I needed to take a step back. because I started to realize that I wasn't being present with my daughter. And that's something that I hold very near and dear to me of like, I'm, I'm here with her. Like if I'm yeah. with her, I'm with her. I'm not going to continue the absent father. Like uh, I'm not going to continue that right. path. Um, even if I'm physically present. You know, because I I had that growing up a little bit where my dad just wasn't as emotionally present. Um, And so that's something that's been very important to me. And so therefore, I've started to just really simplify life and get really, really clear on like what matters. And I think that that's something that we've gotten very far away from, especially as we invent new things, have all these new technologies like cryptos, NFTs, like all these different things. Like there's so much for us to get wrapped up in and consumed by on a daily basis that I'm just like, man, where's the simplicity? Like, like what really, really matters in life? Like is making money really what matters? And I hope that there's people out there that would agree that no, (laughs) at the end of the day, no, we were not born and put here just to make money. I think it's far more than that. We're here to have fun and play and experience and connect and discover the magic of life and and what it has and so yeah i just i don't know where i was really going with this it was just really like driving home like i think simplicity is what um i know has benefited my life over the last handful of months and i think that there's some ways that that the men and, and women that are listening could probably simplify their lives to bring a bit more happiness and fulfillment i don't know if you can relate or if that's been if yeah that hits home at all 
Yeah, to- totally. Yeah. Can I ask you um, how, what was it like for you to go through that transition? Like what were you doing before you became a, a full-time stay-at-home dad and, and how was that process for you to um, kind of leave that, that older world behind? Yeah. So I was a Forex trader. Um, and before that I was multiple different things. Like I did deliver like food delivery. I did tons of different things because I have always had a hard time working for others. Um, Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. was a network marketer for many years as well. And yeah, it was a, it was a really tough transition. Um, tough in the sense of my presence and like that's been very alive for me even the last couple of days uh i've been really struggling with being present and like fully fully present um because there's just i don't know there's just this this trying to find the right words for it but like when i'm fully present there is just a level of just ease and peace that i feel that i don't feel any other time yeah. And that was the thing that I didn't feel very often during the transition was I was fighting this old belief system that had been fed to me, that had been given to me by my dad and passed down from his dad of, hey, you're the man of the house. You are the breadwinner. You make the money. You go out and do the thing. And wife stays home with the kids. That was my upbringing. My, my mom was a stay-at-home mom for a while. Um And so it was a lot of letting go of those beliefs and having the awareness that those aren't mine, that those aren't the things that matter to me that, Mm. and like having that differentiation, that takes a lot of, a lot of like my mental presence to get to that point, but also just time, just sitting in silence, sitting in meditation. Um, For me, cannabis is like the top plant medicine that I use in there. And that has been a great one. It has, it has facilitated so many different trains of thought that like at the end of the day, especially on a hard day, I remember when I was first really working on letting go of like making money and even starting this podcast, not getting into the mindset of, okay, I need to be making money doing this. It's like, no, do this for the sake of, I love having conversations. I love talking with people and sharing stories and connecting and and like the, the work, the growth, I love all of that. And so it was very difficult to let go of this idea of making money. Um, but there was one night in particular that I, that I just smoked a shit ton. Cause I'm like, Hey, I need to be in my head. I need to go inside and be in this like mind castle and work through some shit. Um, cause I don't, write journaling. I, I audio journal if I do anything because writing is just too slow for me. And so typically what I do is I'm just sitting and I'm in, I'm in my own head and I'm able to navigate that conversation with myself. But it was a lot of basically telling myself that it's going to be okay. Yeah. Like just like reminding myself that like mm. God's got my back. Yeah. God has had my back my entire life. Why would anything change now? when I'm only diving deeper into what's most true and important for me. And that's been something that I've had to remind myself of so many times as I've been releasing this belief that I had to make money and that if I'm not making money, then I'm not of value and I'm not worthy and all of these different things and changing that to my value comes from how I am as a father and a husband. 
period. Like, that's it. Those are the things that matter to me. And like, and, and being like a son and a brother and like those things too, but like, those are the things that matter. And that's where I, I derive my, my worth from now more so than before it was, okay, what's the job title? What does it pay? Does it have good benefits? If it doesn't have benefits, oof, you're going to have to negotiate a little bit better benefit package, like, mm-hmm. or whatever it was, you know? And so it was, uh, it was challenging. It was challenging and it was a, a huge shift of um, where my personal self-worth came from. Yeah. Well, amazing. I mean, you're, it sounds great. You're, you're doing it. Like that's, if you can remind yourself, right. There's a remembrance again, what of what's really truly important, what really matters. And that surrendering into that unknown uh, and giving into like what you feel passionate about, what you care about, then all the, the you know, the money comes. I think, you know, it's like you, you, the, the backwards law, as I think Alan Watts talked about, it's like once we when we when we desire something, we actually create suffering. Uh, but if we let go of the desire for that thing, we enjoy it and then the thing comes. So it's like if we, when we're striving for something, when we really desperately want something, we're figure, trying to figure something out. That's usually when there's a lot of suffering and pain and obstacles and challenges but when we can just kind of let go and just be like, okay, what's really important here? Let me just focus on that. Then the other things as a result inevitably come in due time. Yeah. Well, and that comes back to what we were talking about with set and setting for uh, psilocybin, like your intention. I think when we strive for something so much so that we're hyper-focused on the fact that we don't have it, that's what we're constantly telling the universe. Like our body is like pulsing however many millions of times a second and sending out this vibration and the universe doesn't know, uh, don't, or I don't want this or no, it just here. If you're saying like, I don't have the money right now, but I want to have the money. All it hears is I don't have the money. And they're like, great. Let's give you more of that. That's what you're telling me. We're going to give you more of that. But once I, once we begin to just enjoy the thing for the thing itself. Then the vibration that we're at is, oh, I love this. Oh my right. gosh, this is so much fun. I'm finding so much fulfillment. This feels so good. And we take our focus off of the things that we don't have. And then they yeah. just kind of fall into place. Yeah. So that's that's the work is to transcend that, that paradigm. Because that's the world of separation and forgetting that we live in, which is constantly pumping these messages in that we need more, we got to be more, we got to do more. You know, this is what a man looks like. This is what a man does. This is how you got to be. This is the new style for fall 2022, whatever the hell, you know, this is... (laughs) this is the new thing that you're not up on it. You're not hip. You're old. You're going to die. You're fat. You're lazy. You know, you got to hustle harder, grind yeah. this, that whatever it is, you're missing out on an opportunity. NFTs, you're missing out. People are making millions. Da, 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 da. It's just a whole lot of noise. that wants to suck you up into that. Never good enough. It's never going to be good enough mentality, um, which is just causes a lot of suffering for a lot of people. You know, it's like, it's, it's never going to be as good as it is when you're just totally here. Yeah. Oh, completely. Cause I I've got sucked into like thinking about NFTs and like, I could draw something that looks ridiculous and make hundreds of thousands. Why not? You know, but it's like, do I really love that? Do I really want to do that? Or am I just chasing the dollar? 
And, and like that can go for so many other things than just NFTs. Like, do you really love what you're doing or are you just chasing the dollar? Right. Yeah. I, I have friends like that, that will constantly talk to me about, um, like I, I run a, a, a men's circle, a weekly men's circle in, in Denver. Uh, we're calling it the tribe of brothers and meets every Wednesday night in Denver. And we have all kinds of men that show up and there, there's a guy there and he was, he came by my house not too long ago. And he's like, dude, you know, this whole crypto space and this and that. And he's like, I'm telling you, it's all about the metaverse. Everything is going into the metaverse. This is like first movers are going to make, and I'm listening to him and I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and I'm just thinking like, you know, I don't want to help participate in creating that world. Yeah. I don't want to fund and fuel that growth. And we're so conditioned in, in, in our culture to always try and look out for ourselves and, and make sure that we're safe and secure. And if there's an opportunity strike, well, hey, if you got into Uber when, when it was really like first came out, you would have been rich like Gary Vaynerchuk and all this stuff. Or I think he passed on Uber. But I forget which one. But, but, but just all this stuff about like the opportunity, the money, the, the thing. And a lot of times we get lost in saying like, hey, wait a second what am I voting for here? Like, yeah. what am I, what am I choosing to put my time, energy and attention to help build and perpetuate what kind of a world comes out of this? And I've been real. That, that's something that I've been thinking a, a lot about lately. And, and a big edge for me is getting really real with myself about like integrity when it comes down to, Everything that I do, everything that I, where I put my money, who I bank with, how I use Amazon, should I use Amazon? Um, you know, all, all these things, how much plastic am I using? Am I being conscious about that? It's just like really trying to get really real with, you know, I, I, I want to live in, in a world that I know is beautiful and magical and full of nature and and abundance and, and joy and happiness. And, you know, much, much like a lot of, uh, much like a lot of the, the feelings that I've had when I've been to epic retreats or convergences um, or uh, music festivals, there's just this sense of like total liberated, free, fun, and um, harmony and respect, a lot of respect too. So anyway, uh, just, just really, thinking about that a lot, you know, it's like really trying to get, get real with, with that. Like I'm probably going to wind up pulling a lot of my money out of uh, one of my bank accounts because I'm like, Hey, these guys actually fund some stuff. That's not so great for the planet. And maybe I shouldn't bank with them. Maybe I should look into a local credit union. I think that, that, I think that is ultimately a good idea. I, and, and I've been talking about it for a while. And, and now I'm like, okay, I got to put this into practice more. You know, I think that anytime that we get turned on to a new idea or a new way of thinking, it's like, all right, yeah, I can do a little bit of this or do a little bit of that. And then there's like yeah. new, there's new things that always come to light. I'm like, oh yeah, shit. I forgot who I bank with. That's probably important too. Like where, where are they, what are they funding? What are they fueling? Uh, so yeah, I think that like in a real sense, money is is just about like casting a vote for what we want and and at least that's how i look at it and i also look at it as energy you know it's just like if you're putting energy into something that you love and you care about 
um, money is just something that is like a representation of energy given back. Like, Hey, yes. good, good, good on you. You know, you're doing a good thing. Yeah. I, I see it the exact same way. And I used to bank with one of the larger like banks in the country. And now my wife and I, we've moved to a smaller credit union right here in town. Awesome. awesome. Um, Cause yeah, we had, we had similar feelings of, uh, there's been some not great things about them in the news lately, or uh, no, I don't think I really feel all that great about that anymore. Um, and so, yeah, it was a very, very quick decision. Like when it was made, we were like, nope, this is what feels right. We're going to do this. And I think that's so important to go with, go with your gut, go with your intuition. Um, like I mentioned this to you the other day, like that's how I'm leading this entire podcast is all off of intuition. Like I've thought none of it through. <laughs> like thought nothing through but that's so beautiful because i think that there's so many times that we can get caught up in overthinking something or trying to look at it logically and trying to fully understand it before we jump in or before we make some decision and like we were saying before like newer technologies are indistinguishable indistinguishable from magic Mm -hmm. why do we have to always understand something Mm -hmm. you know like there's there sometimes logic is at least for me the way that i see it is that logic is sometimes just the ego's way of keeping us in the little safe space because the ego is like its job is to keep us safe and it's freaking great at it it's wonderful mm-hmm. yeah it keeps it has kept it's too me good in, it's yeah. too good sometimes it's kept me in loops it's like, like my- yeah it's just working like hours nonstop. put run midnight oil it's like ego take a break man you deserve yeah, a but- vacation yeah yeah it's like chill bro Relax yeah. a little, like we got this, it's going to be okay. Man. And that was one of the biggest lessons that I had on my, my first uh, mushroom trip was to just like, let the ego go, like, stop trying to figure it all out. And the question that I went into that trip with was um, revealed to me what's been hidden. And cause I knew that, cause I could just have this feeling that there was something that my ego was hiding from me that I'm like, reveal to me what's been hidden mm. because there's something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was my, it was the fact that I just, I <laughs> here really very, very quite silly one. I, I laid down or I decided I wanted to lay down. And so it happened super simple, Yeah. but like now transpose that onto everything else. I decided this. And so it is Yeah. like, like and like that been so true for me is like being a stay-at-home dad i knew i was going to be a stay-at-home dad at 16 years old Mm. i don't know how i don't know why it was this almost irrational desire to be a stay-at-home dad and it it wasn't even a desire it was a knowing it was i know this is what my life's going to be like and i decided and so it was the universe is like okay they're okay if you want that great it's yours. You decided. I'm, I'm hearing you loud and clear. I will do exactly what you want because you decided and you're sure. And uh, yeah, beautiful lessons. Beautiful lessons. Mm. Yeah, indeed. Uh, all right, Mike. I appreciate you taking the time today to, to sit with me, uh, to share your wisdom, your medicine. Um, so you mentioned that you have circles Wednesdays in Denver. Is there a time and a location that they're always at? Yeah, it's at this place called The Garage on 52nd and Wine Coop or Wine Cup. I forgot how to pronounce it. Um, and then we have uh, we have a Mighty Networks um, 
that we're going to be like officially launching, but that's, we're, we're thinking of uh, that. It's, it's a good kind of limited and contained social media network to post about events, you know, just like the brothership. Uh, it's a great platform for all the things that we're interested in what's going on. So we were, we started a mighty networks and uh, I think it'll be a good resource for people in Colorado, you know, in the Boulder and, and, and Denver area. And even people that are uh, not here, we've had, people fly in for some of the, the retreats and things that we've done. So uh, it's really exciting. Yeah. I could send you uh, the links and then if you just want to like put them in the show notes or whatever, people yep. can find out more about that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a real, I never, I never thought that I would have gotten into what I'm into now with, I guess what you would call men's work or masculine alchemy, actually, that's the, that's a great term. Yeah, I, I really, I really have gotten so much out of it. And to be able to most rewarding thing is, is, you know, being in the presence of, of other brothers who are just starting to just put their foot in the door and figure out, you know, what this is and, oh my God, I'm not alone and we don't have to do it alone. And we can actually celebrate and dance and be silly too. And um, so, yeah, it's great. We we're I'm very much invested in, in that and uh, yeah, more to come. Cool. So you, I'm so happy that you talked about brothers just getting their foot in the door. There's bound to be at some point, a brother that's listening to this that has never stepped into circle before, and is feeling a little reserved. Are there any words of encouragement for them? Uh, or for someone who's listening? That's like, man, I, I think this is calling to me, but I'm, but I'm scared. I'm afraid to be that vulnerable or man, I don't know if that's for me. Is there something that you could tell them that's maybe been uh, helpful along your journey to allow yourself to step in and open up in these spaces? That's the message that it is for you. That's the message that you should move towards it. If there's one thing that I learned, mm -hmm. it's whenever I'm feeling a little bit of resistance, uh, whenever I'm feeling a little bit of fear or feeling like something's uncomfortable, man, I could do such a good job of rationalizing myself out of it, right? Like ego can come in, we can get a whole, you know, cosmic circus of trickery going on to, to convince myself that, nah, that's, that's for those kinds of people. I'm not one of those kinds of people. You know, we're all the same people at, at our core essence. We all want, we all just want love to be loved, to feel understood to not be alone, to, to have other people truly see us, even if it seems scary. So I would say, if it seems scary, if it seems like it's not for you, just try it. Just try it. Just give it a try. You know, I think that what Wayne Gretzky said, right? You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. Just take a shot. Yep. Take a shot. And because for me, my, my best friend invited me to his men's circle during the pandemic and I said, what the hell is that? Like, no, like, I don't need that. I'm in an ayahuasca circles or mushroom circles, or I got psychedelic people here and there and podcast circles. And man, I go on my podcast and I speak openly and vulnerably. What do I need this for? I didn't understand the power of, of brotherhood, mm. you know? And, and so we all need it. I think that we all feel it when we're younger, when, before we're at the age where we can like, where we develop these things where they prevent us or stop us. Like we just, as kids, we tend to just go for it, just go for it. And so I would just say, if you feel fear, if you feel resistance, that's a signal that maybe you should try it. Because I've, I've noticed that over the course of my life, whenever there's like fear or resistance coming towards, if I just give it a shot, 
maybe there's something there for me. Maybe not, but at least I gave it a shot. Yeah. I love that because it's like, what if you'd never tried pizza and pizza is your favorite food, but you looked at it and you're just like, that looks freaking ridiculous. I only eat things that are in the shape of squares. Never yeah. in my life will I touch a pizza. You know, like, what if it's something like that? What if yeah. it's something that like, you're like, oh my God, where has this been my whole life? Because that's what it was like for me. When I found Sacred Sons, I like my first couple of circles that I sat in, I was like, holy shit. This is quite literally what I've been searching for my entire life. And it's just brotherhood. Um, so I appreciate you taking the time to. Yeah. Can I say a, one thing about Sacred Sons, by the way? Please do. Please. I, so like I've had a lot of medicine journeys. I've been a part of a lot of circles um, throughout my, my life. And when I went to Convergence, that was my first Sacred Sons experience it was such a powerful medicine experience the way yes. that they, you know, I think it was, it's, I love what they do where they, they offer a scholarship to, I think one in every five men. And they just, you could tell that they just care that like they're so in it. They're not just like going through the motions. So that felt like I, I felt that. And not only that, but as I was talking about before about the d diversity like the diversity is so important just to see other beings going through their human experience in their stories, in their culture, in their race, in their religion, whatever they're where, where, whatever they are and where they've come from. That's like so powerful in itself, just to bring all those brothers of different backgrounds together, man. I mean, they're doing such an amazing thing to create healing for men on this planet. It's such a blessing to be a part of, of what they're doing. Yeah, I'm I'm so happy you said that because I love Sacred Sons and I I was at Convergence Six as well. That was my first in-person experience with them. And to just briefly wrap this up with what you were saying is to experience and witness other men who look so different from me, because I live in the middle of Wisconsin. Like the way that I would say it is I live in bumfuck like nowhere, Wisconsin. Like we all look alike out here. You know, and so to be someplace where there's men from all different cultures, all different walks of life, and then to hear them talk about the same shit that I'm going through in my life, I, that for me has been one of the most healing and connecting things um, that I've been able to experience so far. Like there's a, there was a specific father's council that I remember where there's a brother from St. Petersburg, Russia who is describing the exact same situation I was going through like two weeks prior. And I was like, Oh my God, like, like someone on the complete opposite side of the world, a completely different way of life than I could even imagine. And we're going through the same thing. We're really not alone in this. So yeah, that's been, that's yeah. been something that sacred sons has, has driven home. Uh, and this conversation with you has made it even more apparent that like, Hey, we're not all that different. We're not, we're, we're in this together. Um, and like sacred sun says, yeah, brotherhood is the medicine. Brotherhood is the medicine brother. Yes. Mm. All right. Well, until next time, I love you. I see you. I am you take care everyone. Bye-bye.